morning halacha series of Ketchat Torah. <clears throat> Today we're going to be discussing the complicated and difficult halachic discussion of abortion. We thank the Eisenbergs for sponsoring the Sunday morning shiurim. The sugi begins in a, with a Mishnah, Masechta Ahalos of all places, Perekzai Mishnah Vav. It's not an easy Mishnah to learn, so let's read it together and see where it can lead us with regards to the Shaila of when and how and where in which situation one um, is allowed to perform an abortion. The truth is the question exists on both sides, from the doctor's side, when the doctor can perform the abortion, and two, from the uh, woman's side, from the family side, when an abortion is allowed to be, uh, to be had on uh, an unborn child. So uh, obviously there are different situations, different cases, and these shilas have to be asked to a, uh, a postic who's familiar and uh, an expert in, these, uh, in this area of halacha. But that being said, well, let's look, look at some of the makaros so we'll get an idea of what goes into these, uh, to these questions. The Mishnah says in Ahalos, a woman who's having a difficult childbirth. And obviously it doesn't just mean a difficult childbirth. It means a difficult childbirth to the extent where her life is in danger. The reason that we know that is because as we continue to read the Mishnah, the Mishnah says that uh, in certain cases you're allowed to have um, an abortion because Hayeha called Melechayev. So obviously we're talking about a situation where her life is in danger. Chayeha called min lechayav. So the Mishnah says, Oishashi miksha leilet, a woman who's having uh, a very difficult, dangerous childbirth. Mechatchen es havlad b'meyeha, o motzin also evarim evarim. Now the Chazal, in this Mishnah, we're not being, uh, we're not coding this. The very uh, gruesome procedure. And uh, to say it lightly, they would basically kill the baby, kill the unborn baby. Mechatchen es havlad. Uh, we don't know at all in the Mishnah at what stage in the pregnancy that this case is discussing. Is it uh, the beginning of the pregnancy? Is it the end of the pregnancy? Is she about? Sounds like she's about to give birth. Now, a, person, a woman can give birth sometimes at uh, 30 weeks, and there's no really, you know, uh, 30 weeks nowadays. A woman can do fine. Baby stays uh, two months in the NICU and uh, and does fine. Uh, sometimes a woman gives birth at 16 weeks, and there, there's almost no chance. I think there's absolutely no chance at 16 weeks that a baby can survive. And then you have the middle cases. What about a woman who gives birth at 22 weeks? The chances are very slim. Baby's going to have possibly a very high, high percentage of having serious problems. But at the same time, you know, maybe we could help. The, but the mother's life is in danger. That's what often happens in these types of cases. So, mikshalele uh, means there's a middle of a childbirth. For all we know, it's very possible that this is uh, towards the end of the childbirth. But either way, the Gemara, the Gemara says, because her life is in, the Mishnah says, because her life is in danger, so we perform an abortion. Why? Now, from that line, and we have, you have to, we have to use our, our halachic ears here to be very sensitive ears. Implies what? Her life has precedence over its life, right? What does that imply? She's alive. She has a life, and the baby if you can call it a baby at this point, the fetus, the baby, also has some type of life, right? You know, we often talk about in America and in the world today that choose, a woman have a right to choose. The shah that we're discussing here is not whether a woman has a right to choose. The shah that we're discussing is, is a baby who's unborn, still in the womb, have the status of a human being of which, upon which there's a problem to perform an abortion, to, to kill. That's the question. And which is really the question of the right to choose also. Right? Right to life, right to choose. That's, that's really the question is, 
to what extent do we deem, do we consider an unborn child to be a human being? So the Mishnah here says, which means that um, the mother has a life, she's alive obviously, and the baby has some form of life. I'm not sure what we'd call some form of life, but still, even though it's alive and she's alive, so they're both alive, yet her life takes precedence over its life. So, if it's alive, so then why should her life take precedence over its life? Just because it hasn't seen the light of day, if it's a, they're both alive. So, generally speaking, we assume that uh, we don't give precedence over to one life over another life. And at the same time, if it's not alive, so then the Mishnah should not have used the term called min l'chayav, right? Maybe. So, that's an interesting line. But one thing we know for sure, however we touch up and learn up the Mishnah, in such a case where a woman's life is in danger, the Mishnah Paskins, that we are able to perform an abortion in that case. Now, if we were going to just stop there, I would have said that uh, from the fact that the Mishnah gives a case where a woman's life is in danger, and in that case, you can perform an abortion, so you don't have to be a big Gemara, you don't have to have such a big Gemara cup to make a simple deduction. What would you say? In any other case, where the woman's mother's life is not in danger, perhaps uh, you can't perform an abortion, and maybe, maybe there would be only one exception to the rule of abortion. Woman's life is in danger, you perform an abortion. Anything less than that, if the woman's going to come out fine, the, the, the birth mother, she's going to be fine. So now what's going to be with the baby? There's other reasons why a person might want to have an abortion. Maybe a woman is 16 years old. And uh, she didn't mean to get pregnant. Maybe there was a rape, God forbid. Maybe there's a, uh, a, a sickness that's going to, that the doctors say that baby's not going to be well, a genetic disease. So it sounds, if, maybe from the Mishnah you would deduce, and there's no such thing as an abortion in those cases. There's one, one exception to the rule. She's going to die. Doctors say we have, we have to make a very quick uh, decision here. Sometimes it's not such a quick decision. Sometimes we know in advance. Listen, you know, often it's probably uh, immediate, right? Does this happen? This happens usually very immediate. We have some personal experience with this. You know, you run into the hospital, you know, and uh, you, the quick decisions here. You know, there's no there's no time to to really uh, you know spend time uh, looking up uh, Shaila. You have to know. You know. So Misha says, in that case, woman's life is in danger of an abortion. Anything less, anything less, then everybody you have time to make a decision. God forbid, we, we do an ultrasound, we find out that the baby has a, you know, Tay-Sachs, God forbid. So now, now already, you know, you're going to have a baby, it's going to die. You know, there's no chance. I mean, there's no, there's no, is there a chance? There's no chance. So you have a few years. Maybe it's going to bring too much psychological pain. Are there exceptions to the rule other than the exception mentioned in the Mishnah? I don't even know if the Mishnah is an exception, the case of the Mishnah. But then the Gemara said, the Mishnah goes on to say, Yatsarubo, however, if the, if the baby has already started to come out of the womb, it's already seen the light of day. Yatsarubo. Now usually, in most cases, Yatsarubo, which part of the baby comes out first? The head comes out first. So Yatsarubo, there are some girsos that say Yatsaroshov. So Yatsaroshov, 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 the head comes out. Or even if it was a breach, but most of the baby comes out. So it's one of two situations. You have rove of the baby, or the head without rove of the baby. So then already the Mishnah says, now the game, it's a game changer. Ain no ginbo. Now you can't touch the baby. Ain doche nefesh mitpnei nefesh. Because you can't be doche, you can't decide one life over the other. While the baby's inside, so then uh, you have to you perform an abortion. Once the baby comes out, even if it's not fully out, if the baby's fully out, the Gemara Mishnah doesn't have to even discuss that. But once the baby's 
partially out. Isn't that called the partial birth abortion? Is that a, but a par, partial birth abortion? So already, that's already, that's already uh, murder. That's murder. So the Marsh says, Ain nefesh nefesh. Now you can't decide one life over the other. Now, it sounds also, the Tzaras Yisrael on the Mishnayis in Ahalo says, well, what's the case here? We're probably not talking about a case, presumably we're not talking about a case, or maybe not, where both the woman and the baby are going to die. Imagine a situation, it's not so hard to imagine, where if you don't perform an abortion, the baby's halfway out, the, the head is out, and the doctor said we have a big problem here, hemorrhaging, whatever it is. So at that point we say, if we don't do an abortion, it's now, the, the baby's already out. The Gemara says, now you can't do an abortion. Is that because the case of the Mishnah is where, well now, if the mother dies but the baby makes it, so I can't make that decision. If the mother dies, the mother makes it, the baby dies, the baby makes it, the mother dies. I can't give precedence to one life over another. But let's say if you don't do an abortion, they're both going to die. So then, what do you do then? So then, it sounds obvious to you and me perhaps, well then you do the abortion. Maybe not. Maybe you're not allowed to actively kill someone even if it's to save someone else's life. I mean, isn't that the halacha? There are three exceptions to the rule. Yaharik Yavar, one of them is murder. It means you can't kill someone else to save your life. You probably can't kill someone else to save someone else's life. Imagine a situation where you're told, listen, either I kill, either you kill this person or you kill this person. So that's another question. We're going to kill this person unless you kill this person. You're not allowed to perform that murder. That's what Yaharik Yavar is. So maybe even if they're both going to die, you, you, I can't get. I have to step back because I can't be involved in Ritzicha unless you would say as follows, like the Chazanish says. Chazanish was asked the following question: Imagine a situation where you have a, a bomb that's going. It's going to be. That's going to be shot. It's being shot. There's a terrorist, and, and, and it's shooting a, a, a missile at a certain building, at a building. So the building has, uh, you know, has a hundred people in that building, and there's a hundred people that are going to die. So, if you're a sniper, so then you shoot the terrorist, and, you know, Shalom al-Yisrael. But let's say you're, not a, you're, you're a soldier who's running towards this guy who's about to shoot the, this, this, this missile. You're not going to stop the missile from being shot. But what you're going to do is you're going to move the gun, or you're going to move the, the... to go from this building, which has 100 people, to that building, which has 10 people. So, you're allowed to do that. You, you, you can say, well, like, you... you you're not, allowed to kill, you're not allowed to kill those 10 people to save 100 people. You're not allowed to actively kill. So the Chazanish said, that's not actively killing. That's, called, that's not called the Maisa Ritzicha. You know what he calls that? That's called the Maisa Hatzala with an unfortunate um, result of 10 people. Uh, what I'm doing is I'm moving the gun away. A Maisa Hatzala. Happens to be that the second I move it away, there's a... There's a I, want to, I don't like to use the term collateral damage, but there's a secondary result that happens that 10 people are going to die. That's a Maisat Solo. So maybe you could say, when I'm doing this abortion, even on a partial birth abortion, it's not a Maisa Ritzicha, it's a Maisat Solo. It's a little bit different. Here you're moving, you're moving the, 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 the act itself as a Maisat Solo. Here you're killing the baby. You're directly killing the baby in order to save the mother. So I'm not sure if it's the same case. But what we do know is that once the baby is rove of the way out, if it's the mother or the baby, that the Mishnah says for sure that you cannot perform an abortion at that point. So the question is, what's the difference? And by the way, have you noticed that the Mishnah changed terms? Look at that language. If you're asking me, what, you know what I would have said? Because that's the term that was used beforehand. 
And now we say, oh, when, when, once the baby comes out, now we've moved up a notch. We're no longer chai. What are we? We're nefesh. Sounds like a higher form of life. So we're, now we're already getting into something very tricky. Well, what does it mean to be chai? And what does it mean to be chai with a nefesh? Mishnah says, once the baby's out, ein doch nefesh nefesh. Sounds like there are different levels almost in halacha of what it means to be alive. Yeah? Exactly. Well, just probably to make a comparison. It's chai, her chai is more than his, it's chai. But once they're both born, now we can use for both the term nevesh. What Matasyo was asking is, maybe what it should have said is, Nesha nafsha called melechayov. That would have really hit it home. Then there would be no shayla. Then, then, then we'd know that our diuk is absolutely correct. The mission it says, makes the distinction. But here it definitely wants us to be thinking about these things. Chai and nefesh, and what's the difference between them? Yes. Is that true? At eight, well, at nine, at nine months, where uh, the Gemara says, in, in the seventh Maramok, the Gemara says a woman's on the, on, uh, on the Mashabesh, she's giving birth, woman dies. Yeah, baby has to come out, and the mother becomes, let's say, toxic, the baby's going to become toxic. Okay, but, but, but it is still possible to save a baby. A short window, but it could happen. That's what the Gemara says on Shabbos. This is an interesting question, and you're going to see how it relates very much. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine such a case. You tell me if such a case really exists in practice. But imagine, at least in theory, a case where a woman dies on Shabbos, right? And she's pregnant. Now, usually, you're going to try... You go, if someone's dying, you save both of them. You try as much as possible. The mice of these things are... It's not, it's not really going to happen. But just in theory, imagine. You know a woman had died already. So, can you save the baby even though you know that absolutely there's no way to save the mother? The baby's inside. Even Mechalal Shabbos for an Uber who is... It's not, it's not alive. If it's not a nefesh, it's not alive, so can you save the baby? Now, the tr- tr- truth is, why, why, shouldn't why shouldn't you? Well, Echel Shabbos is allowed for what? For Pekuach Nefesh. Pekuach what? Pekuach Nefesh. Is this a nefesh yet? So you can argue two, two ways you can argue. First of all, you could say, why do we ever... Why are we ever Mechalal Shabbos to save a life? What's Mechai Bohem mean? It means li- the life of a, of, a, of, a, of a person is more important than the keeping of the mitzvahs. Is that the reason? The Gemara actually gives a different reason. Exactly. Right, so Warren says, no, no, actually, what does that mean, Warren? That you'd rather, rather be mechala one Shabbos than for many Shabbos. It almost sounds like it's saying, the truth is Shabbos is actually more important. The keeping of Shabbos is actually more important than, this, than saving a life. But we have to be, you know, you don't have to be a, a statistician to figure out that if you save the life, right, so you'll be Mechala one Shabbos. It's true, maybe that wasn't the best thing, but think about what you're going to gain. Look at all the other Shabbosos. So imagine a situation in our shul, uh, our shul meaning it, when I grew up in our shul, there was a man sitting behind me, his name was Mr. Fuchs, and um, he was probably in his 90s, probably in his 90s. And uh, I was sitting with my father. It was during Oz Yashir, I remember. Some, things like this you don't forget. During Oz Yashir. I'm, I'm, I'm davening Oz Yashir. probably 15 years old. I'm davening Oz Yashir. And the next thing I know, there are eight chesidish guys still in their, in their undershirts, pulling over a bench, trying to save Mr. Fuchs. I don't know how many they got in there without me seeing him. Very fast. 
very fast. What happened was is that there was a um, a doctor who was in the in the who was in the shul, Mr. Stam. You know Mush Stam? You know Mush Stam. So Mush Stam is in the shul and someone elbows Stam. He says, you know, Mr. Fuchs doesn't look so good. He's what he told me. He goes, he looks at him, he goes, he's dead. He died. As he died in the shul. He died right behind us. So they called out Salam, you know, I'm, you know, I'm doing my thing. And uh, they had a whole lot of Salah there. And, and they saved his life. They saved his life. They, they saved his life on Shabbos, right behind me, in the shul, during Oz Yashir. You know, it was like, it was unbelievable. I don't know why I remember it was Oz Yashir. I can't remember. That's what I was up to. You know, you don't forget these things. Miracles, right? It's Mamash and Nace. Anyway, he died three days later in Maimonides Hospital. Maimonides, that's in Bar Park? Maimonides, yeah, it's been a while. Four days later. So, there Warren, Chalol Shabbos Achas. Imagine if you knew, imagine if you knew that I'm going to give him Chalol Shabbos to save this person's life, but I know for sure there's no way the person's living to see the next Shabbos. Would you then be Chalol Shabbos? According to the doctor's reason here, right? So, you would be, because Vachai Bohem. There's something, the life takes precedence, it's more important than Shabbos. Warren, the other reason that you gave is, well, that, that only works if you're going to at least get one more Shabbos, or maybe two more Shabbos. Right? So that's the question. We assume that if you're going to save a person for one second, that we're Mechal Shabbos. We don't make those Cheshbonos. Even if we knew for sure the person would have one minute, not because maybe we don't know, even if we knew for sure, you'd still be Mechal Shabbos. So we don't necessarily pass him like that reason, Mechal Shabbos Achas. We pass him because of Vachai that the Torah considers... The Torah considers the human life to be of more pre- of more value than Shmira Shabbos. Than Shmira Shabbos. So that's an interesting question. Let's say, would you be Michal Shabbos? Not for the mother. The mother, there's no way the mother is going to survive. But just for the baby alone. Michal Shabbos. The baby's four months. She's four months pregnant. So, that you can, so would you be Michal Shabbos in that case? If you say Kadesh Yishma Shabbos Harbei. Maybe say that the human life is more. At, well, is it a you? Is it, is it yet there? Has it reached that point? So the Gemara says. The Gemara says clearly. Yes, you mechal Shabbos for the Uber. You are mechal Shabbos for the Uber. So does that prove? That's the question. If the fact, if you look at the seventh Maromach and Erekin, Arav Nachman Amar Shmuel, Ha'isha sheYoshval Hamash Beru Mesa BeShabbos, Mevin Sakin UMekaramis Kreisa Mosiyas Avlad. You mechal Shabbos. In terms of the mission, the mortality of the baby was probably very high. In terms of the mission, I'm saying because we have control ways of doing abortions, that we have control ways of keeping babies alive and making them safe. But in terms of the mission, the percentage was high of its surviving mortality rate was high, and still they allowed, and still they allowed it, and still they allowed it. Maybe in Sakura Makarnas Kresa Matsina Savlad. Now, of course, the question is. What's the Chil Shabbos there? Where's the Chil Shabbos? After someone's dead, so causing them to bleed is not an issue. You know, the reason why you can't cause yourself, you can't cause a cut, is because of it's it's an it's a tolda of killing. Mali katla kula, mali katla palga. That's also a form of shochet. It's also a form of. That's one of the reasons why you can't create a, a cut. But but if someone's dead. So that's not even if it, there's going to be blood. That's not called. So where's the, so maybe maybe where's the yisur? I'm not sure where the it doesn't say that you give him mechalal shabbos. It just says take the you know save the baby. It sounds like you give him mechalal shabbos there. So the fact that you give him mechalal shabbos for the uber, I don't know. Maybe, I'm not sure if that's what the gemara means. We have to see. Well, the 
the Uber. For the unborn child. But it's not the to do the operation. There are other things you might need to do. But, right, so the Gemara, but my point is the Gemara doesn't say Mechal Shabbos Bavura. Bavura. It just says Motzin Esakin or Mechal Esakreisa. So we don't know from that Gemara if there's really Chil Shabbos or that. So then the question is, is if it's Kadesh Yishmar Shabbos is Harbe, then for sure we'd allow it. <laughs> the baby has it's all, it's all it's all life ahead of it, but if you tell me it's because of that the, the life itself takes precedence and it has value more than Shemir Shabbos is greatest, so then I'm not sure. Maybe we have to see what yeah, it's not there yet. But, as soon as you take the head out, it becomes death, so but before you take the head out, you machal Shabbos. I, I understand, but the question is, I mean, it, it's a matter of waiting thirty seconds, whatever it is, take the head out. Now it's nefesh. Now you take the nefesh. So, I understand, but you, you're, you, you have the right to be Michal Shabbos to create a human being and then say, I'm Michal Shabbos to save his life. In other words, you can't be Michal Shabbos to create a situation which then you're allowed to be Michal Shabbos for. Right? I mean, that's the question. Yes, Dan? That's a very good point. That's a very good point. The Ramban points out that the reason why this is allowed is that really... You can't be Mechal Shabbos for an Uber. Really? Maybe you, maybe you can't be Mechal Shabbos for an Uber. But the moment she dies, it's no longer an Uber. See, while a mother's alive, as the doctor was just pointing out, the life of the child, of the unborn child, is completely and absolutely dependent on the live mother. But the moment the mother dies, then it actually takes on the status of a human being. At that point. Why? Because at that point, it's no longer dependent on the mother. So now, that's why you keep a Mechal Shabbos for the Uber. Yeah, that's why he calls it a Vlad. What? So it's an interesting thing. We have Chai, we have Nefesh, we have Vlad. Woo! And yeah. she was in Mishra, like, some stage of childbirth? I, mean, I don't know. She, it says, al-hamash. I mean, the head had not popped out. Well, her mom's thought, I mean, especially back in those days, mom was Uber. Sadly, died in childbirth. Right, so that's what happened. She dies at ch- during childbirth. So now, what do we do about the baby who has not come out of the, of the, of the womb yet? Okay, but we're assuming now that it's a no, not necessarily. No. Not a full term. But because the mother died, that's why. Dafka, that's why. That maybe the Chil Shabbos is, in that case is allowed. But maybe for a mother who's alive. And uh, the mother's going to be fine. Imagine the opposite. Mother's going to be fine, but the baby's in trouble. Again, that's so uncommon. Because if, if the baby's in trouble, the mother's in trouble. But again, in theory, imagine a case where the mother was okay. And the baby's in trouble. So can you be Mechal Shabbos for the baby? So again, Halacha Lamaisa... There is no nafkamina at all because we'll always be Mechal Shabbos for the baby because we'll, we always assume that there's a problem for the mother and therefore there's no question. But again, to understand the theoretical question makes a difference because now we understand whether the Uber has the status of a human being. And if it does, then it brings us back to that other situation of, oh, so if it has the status of a human being, so then why in fact should the mother's life take precedent? Maybe because of what we said before. The mother takes precedence because even though it has the status of a human being, because its status is completely dependent on the mother's life, so then maybe the mother should take precedent. That's what we have to still discuss. Yes? We have a situation where they, they're both in very serious trouble. The mother is now ghost-based and there's only a chance of saving the baby by... She's going to die anyway. Right. In case of her death, save the baby. Right. You do anything because she's ghosts, you can't. In a normal situation, you can't touch the ghosts. Right. I would think in that case, you can't touch a ghostess. The same way we touch a ghostess to save the ghostess's life, that we don't not touch a ghostess. A ghostess is a person who is 
at the throes of death, on the, you know, one foot's already in the Olam Mo'emes, so then, you're not supposed to touch because you can be of the Misa. But, but, if, to save, but, but to save its life, if you think it's possible, well, it's hard, sometimes it's hard to know. So, uh, so then you, what's it called? Sometimes the doctors will give it some type of medicine to help, the, to help them. Then that's the part of the question too. But to save another person's life, so the, then you can. Then you can. Then you probably will be able to. Again, it all depends on what's the status of this unborn child. What is its halachic status? That is the question. Now, there's an interesting Gemara in Sanhedrin. Let's do one Gemara in Sanhedrin. We're not going to go a full day today because of Rosh Chodesh, so I don't want to get out too late. Um, but... <clears throat> but let's look at at least one Gemara and next week we'll continue because this Gemara may shed light on the question that we're asking again and the question that we're asking is one question the status of the unborn child the halachic status of this unborn child of this fetus Gemara says as follows Amar Avuna Sanhedrin Ayin Beis Amar Avuna Katon HaRodev Nitan Latzilo Benafsha there's a halacha of Rodev the Gemara Sanhedrin talks about a what's a Rodev Rodev is that if you have someone who is attempting currently to kill someone else. So there is a halacha that you're not allowed to stand by and take a video. You know, hey, this is going to be interesting. Let me pull out my iPhone and take a video of, of, of A kill, trying to kill B and then put it on YouTube or on Facebook. That's not what the halacha says one should do. What one should do is that you have to get involved. Now, you have to get involved if you can get involved. If you're going to, if you're going to get yourself into trouble, I'm not sure if you can get involved. But if you can get involved, so the halacha is, you're an you're a, a undercover cop, or you're a soldier, and you see one, one Jew, forget it, we're not talking about, one Jew attempting to kill another Jew. So the halacha is, you have to kill the first Jew. Now, if you can kill him, if you can, if you can stop him without killing him, he's done without killing him. And if you help, if the only way to stop him is with killing him, so then you have to shoot him. That's the halacha, that's called the rodev. Ah, there's no asra. There's no one, don't you? Before someone's chayv misa, you have to give him a straw, you have to give him a warning. You have to say, listen, you know that I killed that person if you killed, by the way, why are you giving him that straw? You know what happened. You really killed three people. So by Rodef, the halacha is, Einot Tzarek Hasra. Special halacha, you can kill a Rodef even without Hasra. So the Gemara says, let's say the person attempting to kill this other person, A is a katan, 11 years old. He's running around with a gun trying to kill another person. He has a knife, he's trying to kill another person. He's a rodev. So there, I mean, a cotton is not chayv, is not chayv onshim. You're not a bar onshim until you're 13 years old, 12 years old for a girl. So can you kill a rodev who's a cotton? The Gemara says, yeah. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not interested in killing A, I'm interested in saving B. And it doesn't matter how B is being threatened, I have to save B by killing A. So the Gemara says, cotton ha rodev, nitin latzilo benafsho. So he also, you can, you can take care of the cotton A because they were trying to save B. The Gemara says, what do you see from here? You see that Rodef does not require Hasra. Because it can't be that you gave Hasra to the cotton because Hasra to a cotton is meaningless anyway because he's not old enough to be able to absorb halakhically the status of this Hasra. So there were Ksava Rodef, Eino Tzarech Hasra. The Gemara says, Lo shlagal, lo shlagal. Now the Gemara says, ah, you know what? I'll bring you a, I'll bring a question from the Mishnah. Guess which Mishnah they bring a question from? about abortion. Listen to how the Gemara extracts the question from Mesechta Ahalos. And Rav Huna was the one who said that a cotton who's a rodef, he can be killed because he does not require Hasra. So you can save B by killing A, even though A is a cotton. Ah, there was no Hasra. Rodef does not require Hasra. It's almost like a special halacha. This is not a din of 
like Bezdin, you take on the status of a Bezdin, and you have the right to mete out a punishment like a Bezdin, it's different. It's not a Bezdin Bechlal. It's a din of saving a life, and saving a life, it doesn't matter who the person and where the threat is coming from. The Gemara says, wait, is that true? What if you have a woman who is in a very precarious, dangerous childbirth, and we have to make a decision between the mother and the child, and the child is already partially out of the womb. Yatsa Rosho. So what's the halacha? What do we say? Once the baby's partially out, at least the Rosh is out, or rove of the body's out, what's the halacha? You can't touch. You can't touch. Now wait, well you can't touch. Why can't you why can't you kill the baby to save the mother? Why can't you kill the baby? Mara says, you know why you can't you know why you can't kill the baby? You know why you can't kill the baby because of the mother? Mara says, because the cotton really is a rodef. We're gonna say one second, the cotton. The baby's a rodef. It's not doing it. He's not a Rodef Bedas. He's not a Rodef Bedas. He doesn't. He not, it, it, the goal here is not thinking that, oh man, those nine months were terrible. I'm going to, you know. I mean, he's, he's, not, he's not doing a Bedas, but he's a Rodef. He's a Rodef. Oh, one second, one second. So you assume the mother's, the baby's a Rodef. And if it's a Rodef, so you have to give the baby Hasra. You can't give the baby Hasra. Baby can't give Hasra. So what do you see from here? That a Katan who's a Rodef does not need Hasra. Wow. The Gemara says, so you see, against Ravuna, Ravuna says you, you can kill the cotton even though you can't give him, you can't give him Asura because Asura is meaningless to a cotton. It doesn't matter because he's a Rodev and a Rodev doesn't need Asura. If that's true, how come you can kill? I'm sorry, how come you're not allowed to kill the baby who's a Rodev to the mother? We look at the road, we look at the mother, the baby as being a Rodev as, even though of course it's not the intention obviously, but the cotton is Rodev is, is actively killing the mother. So the Gemara says, don't compare the two cases. I know this is what you're all thinking. Shiny Hasam, the Mishmaya Karadfila. That's not Rodef. I'm not sure if he's saying that's not Rodef, or if that's not, that doesn't fall into the category of Rodef. means that there's some type of um, Bechira that takes place. So there's some type of aggression that takes place. Here, this is a natural event. It's part of life. Most pregnancies are, Baruch Hashem, not like this. But it happens. This is part of the birth, as at some times it happens. And it's natural. No one is trying. There's no das. There's no ill will. There's no ill kavana. So it happens that sometimes the baby will cause a situation where the mother's life will be in danger. Since it's Mishmaya Karad Filah, so there we would say there's no Rodef, and therefore that is why you cannot kill the baby. Not because it's a Rodef and a Rodef doesn't need Hasra, since it's Mishmaya Karad Filah, it's a part of the natural occurrence of life, so there you are not allowed to kill the baby. Very interesting. Yes, one. That's also possible, right? Maybe the reason why is because while at the baby's halfway out, the, the rosh is out, rove of the way out. So why would you say that the baby is is causing um, problems for the mother? The mother's causing problems for the baby. So you don't know which way to go. Maybe that's the reason. Maybe that's what it means. Mishmaya karadfila. Either way, well, let's end with the Rashi. Once you, you have to come next week because a shir like this, you, can, you can't only hear one side. This is such, such heavy, heavy Torah that you can't only hear one side. But today we're only going to get to one side. We'll get to Shita's Rashi. Shita's Rashi on this Gemara in Sanhedrin Ayin Beis says something which is actually quite surprising to us, I think, uh, who, who have a certain perhaps preconceived notion of abortion in halacha. 
What Rashi says as follows. Yotzer Rosho. Look at this Rashi. Third Maramakom. Sanhedrin Ayin Beis on the base. In explaining the Gemara. I'm sorry. In explaining the Gemara in Sanhedrin. Which is explaining the Mishnah in all us. Rashi says as follows. Yotzer Rosho. Beisha Hamiksha Laneida Musukenes. So Rashi tells us, you know, the, the, Mish, the, the Gemara there only brings down half a Mishnah. So you have to go and, and learn the whole Mishnah. So Rashi gives us a little bit of an you know, introduction. That Mishnah that the Gemara quotes in the Hedrin is actually talking about a Mishnah where a woman's in, in a dangerous uh, childbirth. She's, uh, she's a Masukadas. She's uh, Her life's in danger. Uktani Reisha, and Rashi tells us what the Reisha says. Remember the Reisha? Hachaya poshetes yada v'chatachta motziyosaleivarim. The reason why before the baby comes out, that the doctor, the chaya, the midwife, can perform this abortion before the baby comes out. That's the ratio of the Mishnah. You know why? What did, we, what did, the, what did the Mishnah say? Shechaya kod min lechayav. You know what that means? Rashi says, the reason why you can kill the baby before the birth, to save the mother's life, because so long it has not come out into the world, lav nefeshu. It is not a nefesh. What does that mean? It sounds to me like he's saying, it's not alive. It's not a human being. Love nefesh. And therefore it can be killed to save the mother. It's, 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 it does not have, at least you could say it does not have the full status of a human being. That's for sure. Maybe it doesn't have any status of a human being. Therefore you can kill, you can kill the baby to save the mother. But the moment the, the baby's head comes out, the havale kiyolod, then you can't touch it. Then you can't touch it because ain't dog nevesh from nevesh. Sounds from this Rashi, and this is actually the way that the Tzitz Eliezer learns the Gemara and learns the sugya of abortion, and that a baby so long, even if it's in the ninth month. Now, I'm not saying halach halamaisa. We'll see what the Tzitz Eliezer says halach halamaisa next week. But at least in the case that we're talking about, even in the even if it's before childbirth, but none of the baby has not come out of the mother's womb. Lav nefeshu. And an abortion can be done in certain situations, not limited to the case where a mother's life is in danger. Sure, that's the problem. Right. Now, why, you have to ask, so why is it not allowed bichlal? I mean, if I, I'm, I'm just, I'm too young, I don't want to have a baby. I have enough children. I didn't realize, I wasn't, we weren't expecting to get pregnant. And I, you know, we already have uh, children and uh, it's too much. You know, too much. So, where do you draw the line? If, it's, if Rashi's, so then, what's, is there an Isra Bechlal? You would assume that there's something wrong with doing it. Is it, would we call it Ritzicha? Probably not, according to Rashi. You wouldn't call it Ritzicha. That's why you're allowed to perform the, the abortion. Because to save the mother's life, you, you're allowed to do other, other things, so long as you're not killing anyone. So, what's the what it, right, well, it, sound, it sounds like if you're allowed to do it to save the mother's life, then it's not Ritzicha. And it might not be, and again, this baby might not have the status of any, of any aspect of being a human being. I understand, no, I understand, I understand, I understand. Well, Ritzicha, yeah, I think so, I think so, I think so, I think, you would think so. Now, there is a concept before the questions, and then we'll, there is a concept called, known as, very interesting also, you know. It is, there are very few areas where Catholics are more machmer than, than Jews. This is one area, you know. One area. Um, they, they don't hold from Chazer, they don't hold from, uh, from Shabbos, but, but abortion, they're very machmer. You know, what? 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 No, they, 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 
matter of fact, in a situation, in the Catholic hospitals, tell me if I'm correct, if it's between the mother and the baby, the baby comes first. The baby comes first. I've heard from doctors who've worked in Catholic hospitals where before a birth, the husband will tell the doctor, it's a, dangerous, it's a difficult childbirth, if you have to, imagine, if you have to choose between my wife and the baby, I want you to choose the baby. You ever hear of such a thing? Yeah. I have to find out which hospital that was. <laughs> yeah, listen, listen, I'm done. And where does that come from? It actually comes from the Pusik itself. The Pusik says, the Pusik in Sanhedrin, the Chazal Darshan of Pusik, which means, Hashem says, if you kill someone, then you're going to be Chayim Misa. person who spills the blood of a human being, this is not Misa B'nei Shemayim. This is not like, uh, you know, this is serious business. Ba'adam, you'll be killed by man. You'll be, you'll be put to death. Capital punishment. So Chazal Darshan, not Shav, you know, there's no, there's no Nekudos in the Torah. Not Shav Echdam Ha'adam. Kama, Ba'adam Damo Yishafech, but Shav Echdam Ha'adam Ba'adam. Somebody kills the, if somebody spills the blood of a person within a person, Damo Yishafech. Shav Misa. What is it? The Gemara says, Ezen Dam Ha'adam Ba'adam. What does it mean a person within a person? And that Pasuk is said to B'nai Noach. So it says, B'nai Noach who perform an abortion, Neherag. Api Allah. Api Allah, someone would be, it's, cap, it's a capital punishment. But that's only for the B'nai Noach. Not for, not for B'nai Yisrael. The halacha changes with B'nai Yisrael. So the Gemara asks, Tosus actually asked this, we usually have a concept that if, we, we, have, we, we have a more limited uh, world in terms of Isurim and Heterim, so Mika Midi? Is there is there really such a thing? A category of something that the Yisrael Shari the guy That for a guy it's a capital a capital crime? And for us it's like, you know, no problem. Mara is very surprised. Tosf is very surprised. So Tosfa says a line. Tosfa says in the fifth Maramakum, Lekam Midi the Yisrael Shari Vela Ubrim Dovi Khabhari Sol Pater. And even though on Ubrim, what's an Uber? That's a feast. And even though on Ubrim to kill an Uber. To perform an abortion for a guy, and for a Jew, it's putter. The Gemara says it's putter, but it's not permitted. So on that line, it's putter, but it's not permitted. What does Tosfos mean? It's putter, but it's not permitted. So what's the problem? What's the problem? It's putter on the lost. It sounds like, you know, like, like an instant of butter on Shabbos. What does it mean it's low shari? Why is it low shari? If it's not a human being of... Now this is so interesting. Is it a human being for a guy and not a human being for a Jew? Strange, no? What does that mean? It's a human being, it's a human being. Unless you start to say, maybe this, there's, a, there's a process of how the, the, the nefesh or the neshama enters into the body, which happens later for a, for a Jew than for a non-Jew? Woo! That's so why. There's no, there's no, there's no shear by Shemitah with the for a Jew. So it's like a chatzi, it's like a chatzi shear. If everybody steals chatzi puta, uh-huh. right, okay. Right, right. So it's almost no shear when it comes to Right, but you're saying that, that what, so what does Tosfos mean when he says low shari? It's not. Per, it doesn't mean that it's permitted. So this is the question that we have to deal with next week. Even according to Rashi, that says kolzman lav nefeshu, and that's why you could perform an abortion to save the mother because lav nefeshu. And then Tosfos comes along and says, hey, it's lav nefeshu, but but low shari. Don't think that this is something that we're, you know, haphazard, no problem about. We're not cavalier. It's not like we allow abortions for any reason. Low shari, it's still not permitted. But then, but why is it not permitted? What's, 
it, we can't just say it's not permitted. It has to fall into some category of, of prohibition. What's the prohibition if it's not if it's not mitzicha? So is it like mitzicha? Is it like a lower form of mitzicha, or is it a completely separate category of prohibition entirely? And the nafkamina, as you can imagine, is going to be very very vast. If it's mitzicha light, <laughs> if it's mitzicha similar to. Well then, we're not going to. We're going to still be very strict on when an abortion is allowed, even if it's not retzicha beichayev misafur. It's still a lighter retzicha. It's 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 in the it's in the category in the rubric of retzicha, but not retzicha. So then, it's still very serious. But if it's not retzicha at all, there's another issue. What other issue is it? I don't know. Can you think of another issue? Chavala. You're causing some type of wound. It's hard to find what the other issue might be. But whatever that is, if it's not retzicha, we're going to have a lot more. Leeway in terms of certain situations, like a tremendous psychological issue or problem for the mother, for the father, for the family to have this child, the the the, the, the sick child that might be born because of some genetic disease, because of a, a an incest incestual type of relationship. So in those type of situations, as sad and uh, uh, upsetting and serious as they are, if it's ritzicha. We're just not going to have a lot of ability to say that it's allowed, even if it's it's ritzicha. But if it's not ritzicha, and if it's something less than, well, then you know we're going to we're going to allow it in those situations. So let's come back. We have to reread the Gemara according to Rashi and according to the Rambam, and we'll see that not everyone holds like the position that was presented today, because there's the Shittas Harambam, and then the Shittas of Moshe Feinstein, of Shlomo Zalman Orbach, and others. So Mitzvah Shem will continue next week. Thank you everyone for coming, and we'll take more questions afterwards. Sure.